Welcome to the Mortcast. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com and pick yourself up a wine bottle. Uh, I suggest getting the 2017 Cabernet, but they got all manner of different wines, from reds to whites to blends to different varietals of red, different varietals of white. Uh, they also got... Uh, you know, blends that you can try out. They got some rosés. And they also got partnerships with Western Slope wineries called Restoration and Storm Cellars and Coltaris. And they've got so many partnerships with Colorado wineries. So that really is a local Colorado business. Go to bfwdenver.com. Also, if you want to book yourself a table in advance, uh, sit outside, uh, be vaccinated, and be safe, socially distant. That's probably the thing to do right now with Delta variant kind of going wild. Um, you can also either go in there and just try out everything they got got to offer. Um, it's just one of my favorite places to go in Denver. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com, pick yourself up a bottle, get some of the swag they got available there, or book yourself a table. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you talk to them or you go in there, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, uh, this is an emergency Mortcast. Uh, I had the second part of the Nuggets Altitude slash um, not Altitude the company, but the actual atmosphere. Um, I had that kind of scheduled here and I decided to move it back to, to Tuesday of next week because quite frankly a couple of news items came up that I wanted to talk about. Um, and the first, the first one I'm going to be talking about Carmelo Anthony and his um, <clears throat> revisionist history and uh, on the second half I'm going to talk to you about Drew Locke, um, the, the general incompetence of the Denver Broncos and maybe he should choose a secondary career path. Now, uh, Carmelo Anthony did a podcast interview on uh, All the Smoke, and he's talking about how he never wanted to leave Denver, which is bullshit, and uh, how about he had a uh, um, fear that the Nuggets were going to rebuild because they got rid of Dante Jones and um, and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of want to address this. You can check out All the Smoke if you want to hear the full context. He also has a, a book coming out here, which I'm sure is going to uh, cause a stir. Because, quite frankly, I think there was an incident that happened this year that caused Melo to really take things personally and try to correct the record in his view about what was happening. Um, let's be honest here. If uh, Melo has never really given a shit about his time with the Nuggets, um... If he did, uh, he would have at least acknowledged the, the fans, why the fans are upset at him. And that has never happened. Mello can't fathom why people are upset at him. And that probably goes to why people boo him. Um, so he has gone about, uh, you know, there was an interview he gave a, a couple weeks ago talking about what if he was drafted by the Detroit Pistons which actually spurred me on to talk about the early 2000s Nuggets and the way they shaped things. Um, and that was a, kind of a self-serving interview. What This one is more self-serving because, because it's, it's even worse because it's partially right and partially untrue. Um, and 
people have heard me go on this, about this over and over. I've done series on it, but this is just going to be a brief 10-12 minute recap of the circumstances that happened in as much as I can. Um, on the Mellow support column, yes, he 100% was very, very um, desirous of the Nuggets to get a big man to combat Andrew Bynum. This is 100% accurate. Mello, Mello was very loud about it. Uh, he made a comment about it uh, during the, 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 I believe it was the finals, either that, yeah, it was that year, where he was talking about they needed to get a big man to, uh, you know, compete with the, the, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and he made a comment about the Nuggets getting rid of Dante Jones and, uh, and how that upset the balance here. Let me, let me just talk to you about something. The Nuggets were a better team with Aaron Aflalo, who was the person that replaced Dante Jones. That is 100% uh, unquestionable. That 2009-2010 Nuggets team was better than the one that was the season before. What Carmelo Anthony does not acknowledge is the fact that George Carl's cancer diagnosis in February of that year, of 2010, uh, is the thing that caused everything to come undone. And due to his relationship with George, uh, that's likely to never happen. Um, I, 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 I'm going to read the book, and I'm going to wait to read the book to see if he even addresses it. But it is unquestionable, and as you can draw a direct line between that 2009-10 team, which was really good, falling apart without George Carl. Um, now you could question whether George made the right choice with uh, um, replacement of him, which I think is valid. Um, Adrian Dant Dantley was a disaster, and he has not been back in the league since. Um, so. Uh, in fact, he was uh, turned into a crossing guard, as a, a story by Chris Thomason that we put in the in Denver Stiffs um, uh, pointed out uh, all the way back when. But there is there is little doubt that Mello was pushing for a big man to compete with Andrew Bynum, and uh, he there were attempts made, and it is one hundred percent unquestionable that Stan Kroenke blocked these moves because they would have added salary. And Stan was very much at that point in the mood to not pay the luxury tax, which he did two years prior when Allen Iverson was there. That is unquestionable. This is 100% fact. Um, now, whether a big man would have worked with George Carl is another question. Um, Mello and his perception of things really stems from a comment that Masai Ujiri made to him when in private about the Nuggets needed to go quote unquote young. Well, here's the here's the kind of rub here. I didn't, Masai Ujiri did not mean rebuild. Um, Masai is was a is a really was and is a really smart executive, and in no way, shape, or form would he mean rebuild in that sense because first of all George Carl by the end of that season into the off season it was clear that George was going to be able to come back and coach the Denver Nuggets it was 100% clear George was coming back there is no way on heaven and earth 
that the Nuggets would have gone into a rebuild with George Carl as their head coach. Um, now, there are other elements, and I talked about this in an article that I put out in, 2000, in 2017, one of the, or 18, one of the last articles I ever wrote, um, talking about how uh, this Denver Nuggets team um, was greatly affected by the relationship between George Carl and Carmelo Anthony. And if we're going to talk about things, and if people are honest here, um, the, the Carl-Carmelo um, Anthony relationship is the greatest, biggest factor here in how things play out with this, this version of the Denver Nuggets. It is. We could talk about personnel decisions that uh, the Nuggets made till the cows came home. There were mistakes made. There were not mistakes made. Um, the 2009-10 team was better than the team that was the year before, but um, things didn't work out that way. Fate intervened in a very, very unfortunate way. Um, George Carl getting throat and neck cancer, which nearly destroyed his voice. If you listen to George's podcast, you can hear the results of that. Um, and that was, you know, thankfully, it's been 10 years, uh, and he's been cancer-free. So, uh, 11 years now, actually. So, this is this is simply more than that. And uh, you can tell, and this is just something I'll just throw out there, you can tell Mello was affected by the booze in Denver. You can just sense that he feels that he needs to be better appreciated for his time in Denver. And the only thing I will put out there is that Mello has never really addressed the fans in Denver. And those are the ones he... I mean, forget about the organization, right? Forget about the organization. Mello has never fully addressed the fans in Denver. He's never never talked to them, never talked about what great fans they were. He's never said anything beyond just basic self-defense platitudes here, and that has compounded his issues. And I said this in the podcast I did after he was booed in Game 1 against Portland. You could tell... I've never seen Melo get, it, the last time I saw Melo get that affected by, a, by people booing him was in 2010, when a game against the, excuse me, to the early 2011, uh, a game against the New Orleans Hornets where people were booing him and he just lost it. And he said, boo that, boo that. It's, it's, it happened, folks. Um, and this is the, and he's been booed in Denver for 10 years. And that was the first time I've ever seen him lose it. And Mello definitely couldn't handle the fact that they people, after 11 years, and he's in the playoffs, are still booing him. Now, the Nuggets had an opportunity to reacquire Mello in 2017, which would have been a mistake, by the way, particularly that version of Mello. Um... The mellow that emerged in Portland was a more contrite and willing to accept his role mellow. The one that was in Oklahoma City was not. And uh, the Nuggets are better off for not having acquired him. So, all this being said, I think if we're going to talk eventually, time will heal all wounds. Um, we will get there sometime, but it's not now. Um, 
I think it also gets to Melo that Nikola Jokic has the number 15. Um, I think I think if you just 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 my opinion, but I think that that bug bugs him too. Um, Melo is is desperately for whatever reason trying to revise his time with the Denver Nuggets to fit what happened, a different version of what happened. I'm not saying that he is 100% wrong. Um, I am saying that denying history and saying that you never wanted out of Denver is, is bullshit. Own the fact that you wanted out of Denver. And he's never done that. Mello's never been willing to own the fact that he wanted out of the Nuggets. And I think, I think people would be able to accept that a little more. Um, but he hasn't done it. And I think he knows that it would make him look bad. But in the wash, the Nuggets have a, a really good team right now. And people wouldn't care, necessarily. But I think he needs to understand that, that he just needs to own the fact that he wanted out. And there's nothing wrong with it. I fully support a guy making his own decision for his own career. And he did what he thought was best for him. But don't, you know give us chicken shit and tell us it's chicken salad. It's just, that's just not the way things work. All right, I'd like to tell, talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. All right, folks, right now football season is upon us. And I tell you what, all my friends are on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Really, really getting themselves some great deals. And DraftKings Sportsbook has one available for you right now. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can-it-miss offer for Week 1. Just bet $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Uh, you, know, you have a bunch of other deals going on right now. Uh, I mean, one of the best things you could do with uh, one of these sports betting apps is just log on and just find out. Just go to the deals. Um, and uh, they're so good. And, and here's, here's the kicker for this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to receive $200 in free bets when you place uh, a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code MHS to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. There is uh, the other team in Denver. Uh, which mightily, and that is your Denver Broncos. That's right, your Denver Broncos. And uh, they made a, um, what I can describe as a choice this, uh, this, this, this uh, week in deciding that they are going to start Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Now, aside from general incompetence um, from the, the Broncos organization since Peyton Manning left, um, this keeps in with the Broncos' trend, aside from Peyton Manning, of starting retread mediocre quarterbacks. 
Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a perfectly fine and, in fact, an excellent spot quarterback. Um, this has nothing to do with Drew Locke. I, I don't even know if Drew Locke is going to be a good quarterback. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I think the Broncos have become a very short-sighted organization. Uh, they are they are consumed by a myth that they have to be good every year. And this part is starting to poison absolutely everything. Every decision this organization makes. Everything is about you have to win now. And really there's a, a vast difference between basketball and uh, football. Football is a very short-sighted sport anyway. But what's happened is the Nuggets, have, or excuse me, the Broncos have never been willing to lose enough to get a top-tier quarterback. Never. They don't want to. And in the years where they have had a high draft pick, they've selected defensive players. Passed up on Josh Allen. They passed up on Mac Jones. They passed up on Justin Fields. Um, and in the other years, they haven't lost enough to get that guy. It is a um, it, it is the, the the problem this organization has always had, and that's one of the reasons why, since you know they've never really gone very far with drafted quarterbacks, is because they just they're so short sighted about it. They have to win because there's this myth of the Denver Broncos, and it's and at this point, I think people should acknowledge it's complete bullshit. You can't rely on getting lucky and getting a Peyton Manning or a John Elway once every 30 years, you need to actually go out, seek, and draft a guy. And that's going to require losing, just like in every other goddamn sport. Now, on the other side of this, Drew Locke. Um, I feel bad for the guy, but, I mean, who knows if he's going to be a good quarterback. I, I don't know. Um... His response to it yesterday was great. I have nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. I think this Broncos team is going to win eight games this year. And it's just going to come out in the wash. It's, it's, this is a, you only go as far as your quarterback will take you. And if your quarterback is a dink and dunk and throw it, throw it, you know, nine yards below the sticks kind of guy, you're going to be a below the sticks team. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. Um, you can say this guy keeps manages the ball and keeps the turnovers low. That's fine. But if you're not converting drives or if you're ending up with field goals because one of Bridgewater's faults is that he's not a high touchdown quarterback. I mean, his career high is 15 touchdowns in a season. That's, that's dreadfully low. And that's like, it's nothing as opposed to Drew Locke. I mean, that has nothing to do with it. Because I don't even know what Drew Locke's going to be. He could be a terrible quarterback. But on the flip side of this, I'm, I'm just going to kind of throw something out here. Drew Locke, if you're listening to this, which you're not, uh, maybe you should try uh, work, you know, trying out for the Denver Nuggets. Um, if anyone has seen Drew Locke's high school stuff, uh, he's really a great shooter. Uh... I'm, I'm actually, uh, he's like, was recruited by many different college teams. He got substantial offers as a basketball player. He chose to go in the football. And then this, uh, one of the, one of the uh, mini camps the Broncos had, uh, they were, they set up a, uh, a basketball hoop and he was just draining threes. Like you would not believe the guys just got a great, great touch. 
And it, it makes me wonder. I mean, this is semi-serious. Actually, not semi-serious, but hey, maybe, maybe Drew Locke should try out for the Nuggets G League team and see where it takes him. You know, the Broncos have made their choice. Um, do you want to be life as a backup NFL quarterback and risk getting hurt or holding a clipboard and not making a difference? Or do you want to see if you can make a guaranteed contract in the NBA? You know, uh, I don't understand why players would choose to play football, to be honest with you, because the money's not as good and uh, the contracts are not guaranteed. So, I mean, Drew, you could always try that. Uh, I, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, the Nuggets are t holding out workouts for uh, their G League team, the Gold. You could be coached by Jason Terry. So, just throwing that out there. All right. Thank you all for joining me in the latest Outside Cast. Thank you for listening to me and the crickets and the ambient noise. And I'll be back next week with another episode. See you later.